If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers, and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Our guest today is Anna Twinney. Anna has been a previous guest on Horse Chats, and if you'd like to find out a little bit more about it, just go to horsechats.com, search for Anna or search for Twinney. And Anna's come back today, and she's going to talk to us about the silent and secret language of horses. Telepathy and a language is a language of love. So how are you today, Anna? I'm good around good, this time. Good. Yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah. Now, Anna, this is a really big topic, but for those who are coming in saying, look, what are we talking about? What is this telepathy or telepathy? Can everyone connect with animals? How do you access this gift? It's a big um, deal. But look, I think even before we start with that first question, why have you chosen this subject? I chose the subject because it's one that often either doesn't get talked about or people don't realize that it exists even. Mm -hmm. It can be part of somebody's belief system or not. And yet it's everybody. Everybody possesses this gift. We start with it from a child. And the truth is it goes beyond an intention that we're having with the horses or the energy that we bring to the situation. And many believe that animal communication is behavior of a horse when in fact it's from one mind to another. You don't have to be in their presence. And imagine if people knew about this gift, how much could be done, how much of a voice we can give the animals, and also how subtle we can make it. So I chose the topic to say, okay, the next generation horse whisperer, the next generation horse trainer, look even deeper beyond what the behavior, the herd dynamics are, Mm -hmm. physiology, psychology, but in fact, they're going to realize that the language of the horse isn't simply movement-based. It's okay. about feeling, a mm -hmm. sense, an inner knowing, a vision, you know, a dream, whatever yes. it might be, yes. to realize that these animals can connect on a far deeper level. Okay, okay. Now I'm going to ask the question, you know, what is it exactly? What do we call it? Telepathy, telepathy? Can everyone connect with animals and how do you access this gift? Yes, it is called telepathy mm -hmm. and it's from one mind to another and telepathy works with all species. Nobody's excluded or exempt. So from the smallest creatures and the bugs and the insects all the way through to our feathered friends, our scaled friends and our furry friends. So it's not even simply aligned just with horse whispering. It goes with every single individual. The way we access it, we quieten the mind and it sounds so simple when you say to somebody quiet the mind but in fact we have to learn it we've got so much mind chatter going on that there's a rare occasion that somebody finds that peace and quiet 
Maybe it's in the shower. Maybe it's when you're lying in bed or it's when you're walking amongst the herd where you're going in amongst nature. But we've got to be able to quieten that mind to access it. That's only one step of it. But with the chatter, they can't come through. With the chatter, we've got the busyness of seeing the visions. And it just depends on the individual, whether or not they're feeling things, sensing things, having an emotion, hearing words, hearing sounds, having words written, or indeed they're seeing the visions. So mm -hmm. we could call it clairsentient or clairvoyant, etc. But ultimately, everybody sees in pictures. And they don't know to access it until you say to them, well, think about what you did this morning when you got out of bed. Mm -hmm. What did you do? First, where did you go? And most people actually see in pictures and they realize, yeah, there's movies there to be had. Well, this is the jewel or the multitude of the language here. It's a language of love. And the reason I call it language of love is you drop from your head into your heart. It's a language that you access through unconditional love. You don't mm -hmm. access it through doubt or uh, or breaking things apart or analyzing it or looking for logic. That's not how you access it. You access it by dropping into your heart and feeling that unconditional love. And then when you combine the two of quietening the mind, finding that space for the animal to be able to talk to you and falling into that love, you're able to project it. You're able mm -hmm. to project the imagery, the message. And therefore, people generally begin with receiving information sporadically. So occasionally they'll say, well, I felt in tune with them or I felt like I needed to go out to the barn or home called me. What a coincidence. And you begin to sum up or build up on these coincidences to realize there's no such thing as a fluke anymore. Mm -hmm. In fact, in fact, it's all the animals talking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look, that that's great, Anna. That's really interesting. Now, Anna, from what I understand, connecting with horses can be done in person and long distance. Is that correct? Absolutely. And it's something that people find difficult to comprehend. And for the most part, I've been known where clients have said, do I need to hold the telephone up to an individual's ear or, sure. you know, you need sure. to be present. And actually I was in New Zealand and it was really cold one day and we had the fire on and it was raining. And she said, you, we need to go outside for now. And no, we're going to stay in the comfort of this sitting room because mm. it's more important that we feel comfort because anything can pull you out of it. So if yep. you're cold, tired, wet, hungry, you're going to get pulled out of the session. So you do need the comfort, but you can target and you can target the individual. So there's millions, if not billions, of animals out there. And so what allows us to hone our skill would be to connect from one heart to another. But also, if the person's on the telephone, you're connecting with their animals. So the essence is there. Their energy is there. You've pretty much got an open telephone line in as far as you're already connecting with the right location. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is about the location. You know, okay. are we across the county, the country, the continent? Where are we tuning into? And we learn to focus on where we're tuning into. And it can be done without a distance. It's limitless. That's mm -hmm. ultimately what it is. It's limitless. Okay. Okay. Now, what about just for the lay person, you know, beginning to incorporate visualization into daily horse handling, care? What can we do, you know, to help access this gift? One of our greatest challenges is to stay present, greatest mm -hmm. one in horsemanship mm -hmm. in general. And a lot of this telepathy and keeping the present time is key. 
And so when we can train our mind, we're so hard to drop all that's going on. Our world is so fast and so intense nowadays that we often bring the baggage to the barn. But what's slightly different with this is it's not simply about leaving work in the car and focusing on the present time to create field timing and balance. This is about taking ownership of your mind. And then when you take the ownership of your mind, and you can be in and out with it as well. You know, it's not like we just stay present with a conversation like we are today. But it's about focusing and not thinking of other things when somebody's answering and focusing and directing your attention somewhere. So instead of maybe thinking, okay, I've got dinner to do or or I've got to drive home or the kids are waiting for me or I'm time limit or indeed this horse needs to do this now, you're looking at what are they offering? And so this is the very beginning of it, is to train the mind to focus. And we want to be in the present time or the not too distant future. So for example, when we go out with the horses, we could think, would you mind coming in? Or, oh, it's dinner time, I'm preparing your food. Mm-hmm. And if you you really put that out to them and you target one or another to say, with a language of love, it would be lovely if you came back up here so I didn't have to walk 50 acres to come and get <laughs> okay. you. Okay, yes. You know, the reward is the food. So you visualize something with an emotion, and it's always a positive emotion to start with at least, that you say, you know what, come here, it's warm, it's comfortable, it's fuzzy. And we can expand that and extend it to anything, to anything from when you're under saddle, so when you're riding, that you're thinking in a dressage arena, you're thinking, okay, the top left-hand corner, we're going to start the canter. So you're in the current time as you come up along that straight and you begin to visualize when you begin the canter. That's how you bring in the visualization, the telepathy. Yeah, they're going to feel it in the body and people will negate it and say, well, that's a feeling that I gave through my muscles. But practice there. Practice wherever you feel comfy because if you don't feel comfy and you don't believe, you won't do it anyway. So there's nothing to lose here. Mm, Is everything mm. to get, which would mean that they're going to expect you to come out at a certain time. They're going to come home at a certain time. They're going to realize if you're a little bit worried to give you some space. Mm-hmm. You might be saying to them, you know, we've got a newcomer coming. How do we feel about that? Get an intuitive hit back. You know, do you want to be ridden today? If they turn their butts, maybe not. Maybe we need to ride anyway to exercise them. Yep. Can you begin present it that way. So an awful lot of this is rather than you must, and I'm telling you, I'm asking you, I'm suggesting, mm-hmm. rather than dating somebody's emotions, you're taking the emotions into account. It creates a fuller relationship and a stronger bond and a deeper partnership to realize they have reasons behind everything they do. Maybe I could feel that reason. See, if you're in your head, you're not going to feel it. And a lot of this is about what does it feel like to me? You know, what's it feel like? And that's a great practice because people will say, well, he did that on purpose. Well, what's it feel like? Did it feel like it was purpose? What's it feel like? What was the intention behind it? That's the beginning of telepathy. Mm -hmm. But it goes way beyond that. And we can talk about that in a minute, you know, way beyond it, it. It actually moves into helping a vet diagnose if the vet's perplexed, Mm -hmm. you know, animals can give us when things happened, where they happened, how they happened, what help they need, you know, moving forward. They can give you the answers from their perspective. There's not anything they can't answer if they know it. Like you and I, you know, if you knew the answer to a question, you'd give it most likely. And the same with them. If they know it, they give it. How do they feel about their herd mates? 
You know, do you visit enough? What's missing in the relationship? Are mm-hmm. they comfortable? What discomfort do they have? Imagine any question you can, we go for open questions, not mm-hmm. closed questions. Because mm-hmm. open questions means they're going to shoot you that emotion or pass along an image or a movie, and you're more likely to pick it up than any other way. Okay, okay. And I'm just looking at the different practices, connecting, communicating. Tell us a bit more about that, I think, just the seeing in pictures, uh, the feeling emotions, the senses, hearing words written, you know, like just... How does it come? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, in in an ideal world, all of us would access this language and we'd get kind of comedy or squeaky voices that we would understand it's not our own. But unfortunately, if we do hear sentences or voices, it would be a... Um, oh, it would be a similar one to our own or mm-hmm. um, a sideline to our own. It could be a little bit deeper, or a little bit higher or unexpected. But a way to recognize telepathy is when it comes very fast, so you haven't had time to think about it, and often it's unpredictable or sporadic. That's a good way to say it, so unexpected. Yep. So when yep. we, for example, get the movies, what we're not looking for would be a thought, like a word association. So, for example, if I said to you, buckskin horse, mm-hmm. and you think of one in your past, it could be your memory kicking in. Mm-hmm. Or if I say sunset ride, and you think of beach, it could be your dream situation. So what animal communication isn't? It's not a projection or a memory. It's not indeed something we'd like it to be, like imagination, like black beauty. It is animal communication. So a lot we look for is confirmation, validations. So the less we know about that individual, the better off we are. The more we know, we might believe it's memory or something that we've seen or heard, etc. So when they send us a picture, we won't expect it. It's unexpected. And when they send us a picture, if we don't know anything about the animal, we can have that confirmed. So for example, to give you a better idea, when I'm connecting, I'm connecting with animals all around the world. It could be in my state, across the United States, Australia, New Zealand, Dubai, anywhere we want to go. And what they send me, the clients will send me a headshot So not a video on how their horse is moving or what discipline they're choosing, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. They send a headshot and there's very minimal information, name, age, where they're from and why they're wanting me to connect. When the information flows, the first thing I look for would be how the animal presents themselves, not from the picture, but there would be a description of the animal themselves. And thus the person knows how could she have known that? You know, where that, where's that come from? Mm-hmm. They give their personality. So they're giving the way they see themselves. And then from that we build. It's like opening a conversation with any other person. You build upon it. They might want to share about their environment, their situation, the love that they have for the person, you know, what's missing in their life. So the pictures begin to, to blend to one to the other. And so once you get multiple pictures blending, it's like having movies back to back. And the movies could be five seconds, 10 seconds, could be a minute. And you could have as many as 30, 40 movies back to back. Okay. So a lot of part is to focus on them, to be able to relay them to the person. And then they're the ones that says, oh, my goodness, you know, that's exactly how my horse is. That's how he moves. That's the kind of personality he has. See, there's so many personalities in horses. 
28, right? Okay. On top of it, we have so many breeds. So if you've got a Mustang clown, might be different from a thoroughbred who's got a great sense of humor because their mm-hmm. humor was changed. But if we can identify right off the bat what that personality is like through imagery or through words, we know that we've connected. And a lot of this is about the true connection, the real connection, and not not asking people questions so that they you can decide the answers or not looking at pictures and reading what's on the picture. If you only have a headshot, you can't read what's on the picture. You don't know what discipline they're in, et cetera. And that is really, really helpful. So you, as a communicator, can identify, is this animal talking to me or is this something I've seen or heard? And that's really important because it's got to be genuine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. And I'm sure you get this a lot of times about, is this real? Is this like real or in your imagination? Have you got um, success stories or, you know, are we coming up with preconceived ideas? What can you say about that, about you know, just how the animals connect. It's wonderful. It comes mm. up with every lecture. It doesn't matter if you're at the expo lecturing or you're doing a webinar, teleseminar. Mm-hmm. People will not only wonder if they're dabbling in this the first time, if it's yep. the real thing, or if they're learning it. So I created webinars. Mm-hmm. And the first one actually was entitled Animal Communication, The Real Deal, because my background's all about confirmation and validations. I want everything to be unique and special so that people realize this is not generic. That's the first piece. But the second piece is when people are learning, they're going to call it a fluke. They're going to wonder if it's real or imagination. Mm -hmm. And it's going to stay like that until you've done hundreds. And just like any other profession, you need to get 100, 200, 1,000 under your belt until you know you're good at it. So you wouldn't go to it. This was a funny one. A client the other day said to me, I read a book to learn what you know, you know, to do, mm-hmm. do what you do. And my response was a little bit short to her because I said, you wouldn't go to a neurosurgeon and just read a book and say, I know what you know. Well, it's similar to this. This mm. is a comprehensive language for all species. We're putting hats on that are helping vets. We're looking at mediumship, indeed helping animals cross over looking at those on the other side or coming back, depending on people's beliefs, bringing lost animals home. Um, It's endless. And so in order to be proficient at this, you do have to have the time under your belt, which means hundreds of animals where they're validated back to back to back. And because it's a language that's unique to you, you've got to learn what your pictures mean, or you've got to know what a word means it takes a bit of time see when you first begin you'll get a random word and it could mean something like um hungry mm-hmm. and if i said to you hungry you'll go oh that animal is hungry well what if he's saying he's not hungry anymore and he's <laughs> okay you know mm. so a lot of it's about feeling does it mean that he's telling you the cat's hungry or the people don't have much money we've got to think about it beyond one word so at first yes it's a little bit um 
little bit like a paragraph, gaining a paragraph because you're learning a language like speaking Spanish and you know a few words and you're putting them together. But in time, it becomes a dialogue back and forth. Okay. And in time, you're able to determine if it's the past, the present, the future. You know, is it a fear? Is it happiness? And so the more as a horse whisperer that I know, it helps me in my animal communication. So if I'm talking to an animal and it's about a fourth level dressage movement, I don't know that as a horse whisperer, mm-hmm. but I certainly understand horse behavior to say, you know what, he's not quite getting the leg action that you're saying. He's a mm-hmm. little bit confused with that. Or, for example, there was a horse that um, hated the whip and he needed it for the fourth level dressage. And we determined that it had come from when he was in South America. The way he'd been trained had been traumatic. So, therefore, he couldn't accept the whip. Okay. So, by and explaining it to him, we could move through that to take him further. There's so many success stories. Um, I know we're honing in on horses here, but there's so many success stories from helping a racehorse win a race. He'd lost them all and he was a stakes winner. Mm-hmm. And helping a horse save a horse's life because he'd been accused of biting another horse's tail off. Oh, wow. You know, and and helping a horse get through a colic um, because if she hadn't, her baby that was next to her would have become an orphan. Mm. So to tell you need to get up and you need to move. You know, the success stories are incredible from your feedlot foal to give them another purpose and reason to life and live and to realize, yeah, you're going to be an ambassador one day. And it was true. You can't lie to them either and just just make it up. Sure. all the way through to communicating with Bowie, who is in Louisiana as a racehorse. And it was classed as an unusual emergency. And the emergency was he was whinnying throughout the races. And it meant that he'd taken breath and he'd lose the race. Mm-hmm. And it was a story years ago. It was absolutely incredible. He showed every race he'd done. He showed yeah. him running on that finishing line. And his response was this, believe it or not. His response was, when I start running, and this was all through imagery, yeah. I start running towards the finish line, I look to my right, they're clapping and they're yelling and they're encouraging uh-huh. and how rude yeah. it would be of me yes. if I ignored them. So mm-hmm. I turn my head and I answer. <laughs> and I, I often say you couldn't make this, you know, you couldn't make this up. You couldn't mm. make this up. And my response to him was, you know what, if you keep on talking, you're going to lose the race, but you're going to be behind the herd. And his response was, no, I've got to answer. And then finally, we got to a point where I said, keep running, keep running till you've come to a complete halt. And then you can start talking to the audience. But beyond that, it was more of the thing of, you've got to keep up. That's not going to work for you. Don't mm. listen. You know, at first I said to him, listen to the jockey's cue. When he slows you down, you can win he. And then I'm thinking, no, the jockey will cue him throughout the race. So that yes. didn't work. So you have to kind of come up with something that they understand and that mm. they agree with and that they can comprehend to be able to work through such a case and in his case so you understand the outcome um she rang and she emailed and she it came up with she came up with the first sentence of Mm -hmm. buoy whinnied and I thought oh no but not until after the race (laughs) good Good. it was incredible and she sent me the picture of him in the winning circle Mm -hmm. it's incredible so this is where animal communication comes in and that's a top class trainer she knows how 
train a racehorse. But how do you overcome an obstacle where you don't really know the cause? That's where animal communication comes into. <laughs> Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. If we can open up the world of animal communication, what's that going to mean to us all? You know, if, if everyone can do it, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it means dropping some of our paradigms. Mm-hmm. It's changing our belief systems because if people believe that animal are livestock and in our eyes they should be seen to serve us, they're not going to want to open their ears and their eyes to see that there's more to them because, you know, New Zealand has already voted that they're sentient beings, but that goes beyond that because then we're looking at them being able to have the feelings But this is more than that. If people realize that they could tell us how to train them, they could tell you if the trainer's good or bad or indifferent. They could tell you the hopes, the dreams, their wishes. They can help that vet pinpoint what the disease is and what recommendations they have or what medication works and doesn't work. So when we open our hearts and our minds to animal communication, We're now realizing that we can talk to anything with a heartbeat, ultimately. We're also taking responsibilities for our actions. We're realizing that they have destinies. We're giving a voice to the voiceless. It it changes our whole paradigm. It takes horsemanship to such a deep level Because then we know, you know, who needs to be stabled next to whom? Is this nutrition the right nutrition? Imagine when people say, if only horses could talk. Well, they can. They can talk. Mm -hmm. Don't even need to be in their presence. It's incredible. Okay. Okay. It is. It is. Definitely. Yeah. Now, if people want you to talk, because how long have you been doing this? Quite a long time. You know, it's it's a great question because over 20 years, I started my path with energy healing, which opened doors and changed belief systems just Mm -hmm. there. And then I went professional. So that was 1997. I didn't go professional with animal communication until 2004. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty long time where, where I've talked to thousands of animals over the years. So if people would like you to talk to their animals, what reasons would they say that they that they would like you to talk to their animals? It can be as beautiful and as easy as we've got a, a new puppy coming into our home. Mm-hmm. Can we welcome 
admin or a new horse, we can also be looking at, are they happy? That's your most simplest. Are they happy? Mm -hmm. Is there any? that they want me to know that's your easiest session and it's really fun to hear the answers where they might tell you about the other pasture mates or tell you about the conditions that they're living in or the fact they they can look into the living room window and watch you really really lovely but then it gets into deeper aspects and we've touched upon the physical where somebody might say my horse has come up lame and we've done x-rays but nothing shows up you know, and it can go beyond it, meaning why are they colicking all the time? Could we ask them? Because there's so many reasons for colics. Let's ask them instead of throwing out that money to say, well, is it the diet? Well, is it stress? Did they just move? Has somebody left? We can get so much detail on the physical realm. Mm-hmm. Behavior, behavior modification from horses, biting, rearing, wind sucking, bolting, bulking, we could go on, right? Striking, kicking, anything from resisting the saddle, moving sideways, not wanting to be caught, huge, huge aspects why people would connect. And then there's the big question, when is it time? You know, when does an animal want to transition? Um, When do we know it's time? Many believe that you'll see it in the eyes, but horses, it's difficult to see in the eyes. They always have the bright eye. Very rarely do they have the dull eye. And if they do, it can be depression or learnt helplessness, pain, etc. But just because an animal's in pain doesn't mean it's the right time for them to pass. Mm-hmm. We can manage that pain. And so they can share with us what conditions they'd like to see, who needs to be present, when's it the right day. What are the signs for the right day, you know? And instead of commiserating, could we make it into a ceremony or a celebration? And they can give you support and advice with that. So these are only a few reasons why people might reach out. I've had them say they're moving horses from Australia, New Zealand to South Africa. Could I prepare the horse in that movement? I've had a great lady in Australia takes a horse to... um, quite high Olympics in Europe. And she said, could you prepare them for Mm -hmm. the fact that we'd be traveling? So there's really not a situation that doesn't come up. There's really everything that does come up. Um, And even if people have never experienced it before, it's lovely to get confirmation and feedback and riding. You know, you could be saying, what kind of rider am I? And how could I improve my riding? And where would you like us to go? Because people also get you know, foals. And they might say, well, he's going to have a driving career. Does he want that? Or does he want something else? And and how do we go about that? It's a classic. I had a lady from Australia called just a few days ago, actually. And the question was, does she want to go out on trails? Or would she prefer to have a baby and go into foal was mm-hmm. one of the questions. And at the same time, she said, could we talk to her about the training? Because she was known, she was known to sidestep from the saddle and saddle and also from the mountain block took them an hour. And what the people were saying was, just tell her, just reprimand her, just use punishment. And my client had said, no, there's more to it. I just don't know what it was. It was pain. So we came up with the pain, determined the pain and where it was, and we can get a body worker in. Mm -hmm. So these are Horses don't do things for no reason at all. We just don't always know the reason. Yes, yes, certainly. 
I saved a ton of money. That's what I was going to tell you too, mm. where somebody might want a vet or a saddle fitter, a body worker. We can go straight to the horse's mouth and figure out where we need to place our money first. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. I'm just thinking how, you know, just because it would have changed your life, you know, the whole communication thing and would have changed your horsemanship skills. How has that changed? Yeah, that's probably one of the most beautiful questions. Um, it, it makes me pause as you hear that thing of it was um, so beautiful to learn the dynamics of the horses and the body language and so beautiful to know you can interact through movement. And it still is, never fails me. Mm-hmm. I, I teach the wild horse clinics, you name it. I love it. I adore it. And there's a different piece to this because here it means that I can check in with them. You know, all too often it's easy for us to say, we're doing right by the horse, or it's easy to say, okay, this two-year-old thoroughbred is going to become a racehorse, and my job's to make it happen gently. Well, here's an opportunity to maybe take a moment's breath, deep breath, to say, okay, this is what you can expect, and this is what's happening to you. So it changes our relationship, the depth of the relationship, the compassion. Maybe before all I was looking at is putting the release in at the right time. Maybe before I was looking at the correct timing and the correct feel. And now it's about looking at a, looking through softer lenses to realize she was a mother for five years and she's now eight. How do we help transition under saddle? So instead of getting the job done in a gentle way and as proficiently as possible, it allows me to step back and feel out the larger picture, really, and take their voice into account. And a lot of it is not just learning to listen to them or even dialoguing with them. A lot of it is about presenting it to the person, the legal guardian, in the right way. And so without the guardian, we don't have any of these messages because they're going to go on deaf ears. So it's not about making people feel bad. It's the contrary. It's about aligning everybody. And if we're truly proud of the people we've become, then the animal communication will make it show up, you know. You'll be proud. You'll be humble because you'll know you can become even better. Mm -hmm. And there's a balance. There's this balance because not every person wants to get out of bed and go to work. Not every horse wants to get up and be trained. So there is a balance to say, you know what, you, you've got to do this anyway. I know it doesn't feel good right now, but you've got to do it anyway to help you get fit. So it allows our explanations to the horses to be exceedingly genuine. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I can't emphasize it enough. It's about not just giving them a voice where they're a tool and an object or doing the job to the best of our ability but the consideration that they too are a being. And that's where it takes your horsemanship next. Okay. Not doing horse, not not doing at a horse, it's working with a horse mm-hmm. to a degree that most can't even imagine. Yeah. What about animal communication with you? Because you've got other animals, have you, besides horses? I do. Yeah. I'm just wondering about your communication with them. You know, what's that like, living with them? 
having them. It's, <laughs> you know, it's funny when you say, what's that like? I'd love to answer you how amazing and incredible it is, but you have more guilt too because oh, really? you suddenly, <laughs> yeah, there's the other shoe on the other foot, which is, oh, I'm less than again. Okay, I didn't manage to do this for you. didn't manage to do that. So there's a little bit of that that you open the doors to be able to hear them. Mm. And where before you might have visited them once a week, you, you might feel guilty because if you're the only interaction they have and they put so much behind it that they're coming cantering up to you because they're so joyous to see you, suddenly you have the other side, which is feeling guilty. <laughs> and I with mine you know mm. I'm on the road a lot and I look at it and I'll have the meltdown had one today had one today where I went oh my god you know they would be better off somewhere else because I'm busy I'm mm. busy and I'm busy traveling the world educating others but here's the thing Vin was very cute you spoke to my husband yes. and he said you saved them all you saved them from the feedlot you mm. saved them from the Kremlin industry. You saved them as a Mustang. You saved all of them. So just because you can't be out with them every day or week doesn't make it terrible and bad. And that's the thing. I sometimes feel so open with my heart that you look at it and go, well, what if I'm not giving you enough now? So there is that downside because you're opening your heart yes. to feeling that there's that piece. But ultimately... Even if that's what you're doing, the joy and the gift of being able to see them for who they truly are, the realization that we can quieten our mind and provide them with what they want is incredible. Mm -hmm. You asked me about other animals. My soulmate Merlin died this year. You'll still hear it in my voice. It was March that he had a, a terrible attack and I had um, a number of students here. And um, and it was so bad that when he passed gas, a ton of blood would come out. Oh, no. The students would look and they said, Anna, you know, it's his time and he's dying. And I said, he, he's, he's not dying, just leave it with us. We've got this. Whatever happens, he's going to be okay, but leave it with us. Because they were saying, you need to get help you need to get euthanasia and I said leave it with us Merlin and I have got this and it wasn't ignoring it and it wasn't denying it either it was about tuning in and Merlin's a warrior he's a fighter he was 16 at that time and I got him a very special blanket a healing blanket I did energy healing we did communication and I thought maybe this is it we gave him some calming tablets and a ton of homeopathy he made it through the night he was not suffering. The next day was still bad. He made it through. The next day, his blood turned into stool a bit more, and it moved from diarrhea into solid within three days. Mm -hmm. This boy rose up from the ashes. He stayed with us from March to July. To July, he was with us. He was a body spore too. He was skin and bones because his muscles had gone at 16 and a half but every day he'd run up and down our driveway a quarter of a mile well wow. he would fall down he'd get back up again he'd look you in the eye and he wanted to be here mm. he was a warrior yep that's what animal communication gives you is that gift to tune in to really tune in and go what is it you want and can i help you with that mm. so you you always remain the guardian you're always the steward 
So you're you're looking out for them, and there's things you don't you things you don't know that you can hear from them, but there's things they don't know that mm-hmm. you know as a human being. And so this becomes that true partnership to say, I can keep you safe if I do this, or you're not realizing your body is shutting down. Yeah, you know, and I need help you here mm-hmm. so it really becomes about giving them a voice but also hearing them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. take every aspect into account they're no longer simply dogs they're family yeah you know they're no longer just livestock they're partners mm-hmm. it shifts your whole paradigm yeah yeah, just wondering you know i'm thinking about how did you begin your journey you talked about um 20 years um I think you said you started in 1997 but just tell us a little bit more about your journey the reason I'm telling you know it's more for other people you know if you've you've begun your journey like this how can other people begin their journey and it will help them I had an opening where I said okay I'm going to learn aromatherapy and massage Mm -hmm. for horses okay and I went back to England to do that and amongst that group I met a ton of esoteric people healers and psychics and gypsies and you name it and it intrigued me enough that I thought well there's more to life than I know I knew the black and white the logic structure guidelines I knew all of that and it intrigued me to say okay we're learning massage but they're feeling beyond that they've got x-ray vision what are they talking about what are they seeing you know auras and stuff like that and I thought I want a part of that I want to understand this more and more so that was 1997 I allowed it to come naturally. So this is one of the things that you can absolutely study. And it's so helpful to have a mentor. And we have a home study kit as well as online kind of webinars and so on so that people can do different things. In person is the best. In person is always the best because if you come to an obstacle, I can help you through it. If you have a spot. I can help you. I can design exercises to feel energy, to touch the animals, to do long distance, any exercise under the sun, pretty much I can create it and help people to get through the obstacles. So for me, it was a journey of Mm self-discovery. It was a journey of trial and error. It was a journey of silencing that mind so that you could hear. And instead of it being sporadic once, twice a month, I wanted to know how to tap into it, to be able to do it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. That came with practice. Okay. If I could show you a picture right now, you, you would be seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, six heads looking in my window, <laughs> speaking. My horses yep, are looking yep, through yep. the window. <laughs> but that's it. It's about that tuning in. And with it comes unconditional love for yourself, which is an ongoing journey that you're tapping into those feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling things, you've got to know how it is to feel. You've got to know what feelings are. So if you've had a loss, don't just bury it deep because an animal that's had a great loss can't talk to you because they can't relay that feeling if you've buried it deep. So it has to come to the surface for you to be able to connect with the animal on that level so all of this becomes long long study of repetition and feeling and some people meditate walk amongst the herd learning to quiet the mind there's so much to it and doubt fear concern worry you know if we've if we're good people we're going to worry about is this real and we Mm -hmm. have to learn the difference between imagination and reality and that takes time to do yeah 
But if you can take it in your stride and enjoy the journey, it's really incredible. See, I never knew where it would take me. It took me out of horse whispering a little bit. And it took me to other species. And this year, I got flown to a zoo to talk to elephants. That's where it took me. So my mm. horse whispering yep. is expanded yes. to Costa Rica, talking to sloths and anteaters. Expansive. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a big subject, isn't it? And it's so personal. Mm. It's like talking mm. to you where you might say, well, my belief is this. We have to look at belief patterns. You know, if somebody says, I don't believe I can do this, we have to get through that. And hence it becomes a journey of self-discovery. If somebody doubts it all the time, that's not healthy easy either. You've got to get a healthy balance. Okay. All right. And I think that you've got lots more you can teach us, lots more we can talk about. If people, and I'd love to have you back again, but in the short term, if people would like to contact you, what's the best way? We still have our website, Reach Out to Horses. Mm -hmm. And although it doesn't relate to animal communication in the title, Reach Out to Horses is the website to go to. And we have a section that focuses in on our Animal Communication Academy and that's a great place. And also YouTube. I want to put the YouTube forward. We've had a great, great following on YouTube and um, tens of thousands of people have looked at me doing live sessions on YouTube. So YouTube, is that uh, under Reach Out to Horses? Is if they go Google, oh, not Google, yeah. if they search on YouTube, Reach Out to Horses, I'll find those videos? Absolutely. And okay. we have the section that says animal communication and they will Perfect. find it there. Perfect. All right, Anna, then I'm going to say goodbye now, but I'm going to say I hope to see you again soon. And um, I think if people would like to reach out to you directly, we've got those details and um, we'll talk to you again sometime very soon. I hope um, I hope they can hear my enthusiasm as always. Oh, definitely, definitely, yes. And I so appreciate this opportunity that you're giving. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Anna. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 